rim, rim tusk, I think shaman is what it's called, or rhyme tusk. I don't know how you pronounce it. But the shamans yeah. have a lot of. We said no names, man. We now, said no <laughs> names. We said no names, and now we're already just like, yeah, the, you know, the card in the game, rim tusk, right? <laughs> Rime tusk. Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra, episode six. I'm your host, Ryan, here with your other host, Hetch. What's up? What's good? What's good? How's it going, buddy? Ah, it's going. It's going. How are you? You know what? Riot's killing us with all these, re- <laughs> with all these releases. <laughs> like, you know, I, I can respect it, but we can't keep up. We're supposed to be casuals. Hey, hey, they know that we're locked up, all right? They know that yeah. we're just locked down, and it's like, what... What are you going to do with your day? All yeah, right. What I, you're going to do is you're going to go and give us some content. Now get to work. Get, get to work. No paycheck. <laughs> no paychecks. Um, housekeeping. As usual, uh, you can now listen to us everywhere. I'm not going through the list anymore. If you love it, it's oh there. Um, and remember, like YouTube now, I know a lot of people are listening on YouTube. Uh, so you can check us out there. We have our videos uploaded. Usually the same exact time that it goes up everywhere else. Maybe a little bit delayed. Uh, it depends on how I feel. But uh, you can follow us on Twitter <laughs> to keep up to date on episodes at Podcast Core. That's C-O-R. And you can also email us at podcastcore at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, and then leave a like, follow, short review, comment, emoji, shenanigans. Yeah, make sure make sure to leave a five-star review with a star emoji so that we can be the six-star podcast. Yes, we're going to be the first six-star <laughs> podcast. <laughs> And, and send us an email if you want if you want Ryan to just go through the list anyways. <laughs> you know, just tie him down to the list. And as always, so swear a blood oath with a friend to catch every episode of Casuals of Rutera. All right. You're you're doing it's a solo cast now. I'm gone. It's a solo cast. You keep threatening to leave me. You keep threatening to leave, but you keep ca- crawling back. You gave away our secrets. It's a blood oath that keeps me. Here. I know, I know. So I Ice Cold Influence is the topic of this episode, so no state of the game for this one, uh, because we're talking about one of the recently uh, revealed cards that's coming to Runeterra on release, which is Sejuani. Is it Sejuani or Sejuani? I'm guessing it's Sejuani. I've always said Sejuani. I'm not going to pretend like I know the linguistics of the Freljord. Yeah. Um, Like... I could be terribly wrong, and, I like, but this is the hill that I'm I'm not going to fight on this one. I like so. to think that it's a hard sound is the safe to go with when it comes to northern tribal names. So you have like Ash, you have Trendemir, you have these things that have these hard, you know, vowel sounds. I like to go with that. So Sejuani. Like if yeah. it was a southern tribe or more tropical, like Ionian, I would say Juani would probably fit better. Um, right. Um, but I'm reaching there, <laughs> that, as we that often is, do that's here. Re- I like. I, I'm just coming from like back when I used to play league. You know, it's easier to go Sedge, Sedge, Sedge. <laughs> from the jungle, we're getting ganked. We're gonna, we're gonna die. <laughs> so, Let's get into it, it. Um, we had a couple cards reviewed, uh, revealed. Uh, I think it was three. Well, five cards, including her flip. Right, so that right. would make it six if you want to look at it that way. Uh, so like there's spells, there's spot. We had one spell, we had a couple followers, and then Sejuani to talk about. So we'll talk about her lore, her lore as always once we get there. Uh, but first, we want to look at the spell we chose, which was the only one revealed, which is Fury of the North. Uh, a four cost, 
burst spell that gives any ally plus four plus four this round. Uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, definitely a reference to the dangerous wild beast, uh, the, the foul beast of the frail yard, <laughs> um, known as ursines, or these. They're like, they're like this this tribal half magic, half real uh, amalgamations that exist around like the icy and attack things uh, outside yeah. the standard beasts that are out there. You, you can tell it's definitely you know like the a lot highly. Uh, influenced by a lot of like the berserker lore and stuff like that here you know you've seen earth sign everywhere it's just this is riot's version of that but uh hype train let's just like uh all on board let's go i i'm i'm excited for a four (laughs) mana you know the giant growth let's do this yeah yeah exactly (laughs) you nailed it giant growth from uh magic Um, yeah so this isn't anything crazy i mean 4-4 is great and with the uniqueness of legends of runeterra where if you over buff your character and they don't completely get their health removed that round it counts as like a healing adjacent right or effective health that turns into real health when the next round starts so that makes burst spells a lot more usable in this game versus magic they're kind of throwaways unless you're playing some kind of aggro um yeah, and yeah. not not to mention that you also pointed out that it's burst, which is also kind of unique to Rune Terror because it's there, there's no interaction with this. It's getting yeah. plus four, plus Split four. second. It, yeah, like it's like I, I I'm excited for this card because it's just like the only other really like burst spells that we've got um, as far as with the buffs aren't nearly as big. Like plus four plus four is a lot, mm-hmm. um, and the ones that are as big are either not burst speed, mm-hmm. or they are like eight mana. <laughs> yeah. Like this is, this is gonna make the whole combat trick like mind cool. games yeah. a lot more fun. So I agree. I, I agree. I'm excited for Fury of the North. So then our follower um, that we picked out of this, we got three of them, and the one that stood out the most was the Stormclaw Ursine. Uh, once again, fitting into that lore of the Earth sign, the Earth signs reference, and then also kind of a nod to Volibear, uh, which just got a rework in League of Legends not too long ago to make him fit more into that new lore they produced for him to make him more of a nightmarish creature. Um, Ooh. And I, I did not know about the rework. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's man, sick. you got you to check it out. The video is awesome, and he's like bigger, he's scarier because that's the whole intent. He wasn't just supposed to be a bear; he was supposed to be one of these creatures, these mad mystic kind of creatures of the frail yord uh and once again you know they ash and sojuani in both of their separate stories uh, ash we'll get to soon in another episode um, but in their separate stories they come across these beasts uh and they take they don't take one down but they fight another beast in the in the, in the same time and it's kind of ridiculous um but they bond over it <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a time for sisters to get closer but for this this card specifically the fact that it's a five cost six six with overwhelm that ground grants other allies Plus five with plus five power overwhelm is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> that that is a clear sense that Riot is kind of trying to push mid range a little bit further. Oh yeah, definitely. Like they, I like you know we're not going to get into all of it right now mm-hmm. as far as with this episode, but the, like, Riot is definitely you know taking a look at the meta game and going okay like mid range and <laughs> aggro 
let's let's give them some love and let's see some uh, let's see a little bit more variety which is kind of crazy that they're doing it because it's not like variety's been lacking it, yeah oh there's plenty the of text out there yeah like it's so the fact that they're already just hopping early on it's exciting but i i do love the fact that it gives everything the plus five power overwhelm because i there's not really that many like anthem feeling mm-hmm decks or like even the anthem decks out there like bannerman you don't you barely see and it's just bannerman yeah only bannerman or like the ash noxus deck yeah and that's like i mean that's the thing it's like the the other ones that i'm trying to think of is really just kind of stretching it right it's like they're not true anthems this is like as close to a true anthem as you're gonna get is big chungai, the chungus is chungai. The chungai. <laughs> I listen. I think you just. I had the special end of episode thing for you today, and I think you already completed it. We'll get. We'll go back there. Um. All right. So let's get into Sajwani. Right. That's the main card we saw. It's the main card that caught everybody's attention because she is a finisher. Uh, but let's start with her lore. Right. Of the Winterclaw tribe. Uh, we called it Ice Cold Influences because, man, does her family suck. Uh, <laughs> so so Sejuani was in a situation where her grandmother was the war mother. Uh, not a great one, uh, kind of running the tribe. They're one of the more poor tribes. And I'll reference, you know, Averosin and how they're considered rich uh, compared to everyone else uh, in another episode. But they're a poor tribe. They're overpopulated. Uh, they can't afford to feed everyone. Everyone's not very useful, as most tribes are more lean and focused. And, you know, her grandma's stubborn. And because of that, her mother actually leaves the tribe early on to go marry some other noble guy, a noble in the tribal sense, and to go live a separate life away from this whole mess. Uh, but then as the mother, grandmother runs this in the ground, the mother comes back around to claim her title as, you know, by lineage, the war mother. But she's just as, you know, useless, <laughs> essentially, uh, because they're kind of rooted in this old school way of doing things. And it's not working for their tribe. Uh, so you have a case where the grandmother sucks, the mother sucks. And so Juani, unfortunately, wants to be better and because she's the same age as Ash, you know, Ash is a big part of her life until this goes back to the grandmother sucking. Uh, you have a family dispute between Ash's mother, the war mother. Uh, we're not going to do names. There's so many names. It'll just be confusing. <laughs> I Look, look, look. It, it's one thing to just say it's like, OK, we're too lazy to do the names because of the number. Yeah. Some of these names, like, I don't want to be the one that's going to butcher it. And then, like, what we're going to be stuck is, like, okay, yeah, we're, you know what, we we named it. Like, we're the ones that gave, like, the definition of the name. Yeah. Like, and I, it's Calcia, like, <laughs> what, who, who is that? Did exactly. I even say it right? Who I, knows? I don't know, Who's going to tell us? So, yeah, no no names. No names. Who's responsible for fixing, yeah. fixing this? You know, you, you know what? You can email us at podcastcore. <laughs> yeah, send us, send us the, the enunciations. Yeah, do that. Do us a favor here. Help us out. Yeah, right? we'll type them out for you, and then you can tell us how, how we're supposed to say it. Yeah, but they had a family feud. So Ash and Sejuani grew up together. And then the family feud happened, so the, they stopped talking, so they didn't see each other forever. Uh, the bad relations continued. Uh, grandmother, I think, I can't remember exactly what happened with grandmother, but I know the mother took back over. And then 
uh, Sejuani in that time frame being away started to idolize Ash's mother, who's Ash's mother's not as bad as Sejuani's grandmother and mother, but she also has these extreme ideals, especially on the religious side for the Avarosan throne and things like that. Yeah, I think a big part uh, that it's like constantly pointed out too is that like when they're talking about Sejuani's childhood is that any silver lining to her childhood was her time with Ash. Yeah. And anything that she experienced that was good came from the Avarosan tribe. So exactly. it's like, it, it's just lived in the dumpster. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, well, this is the rest of the junkyard. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, this is great. <laughs> so we fast forward a little bit to like, I want to say like teenagers, like probably like 17, 18, where Ash, after her whole story ending up stranded in IC, after she finds the bow, um, talk about that later. Uh, Sejuani finds her, helps her out. They're able to like, gather a bunch of food to bring back to the town or to her tribe, who's currently being guided, like misguided by Frost Priest. So Frost Shamans, um, we have one in the game as well. Uh, Rim, Rim Tusk, I think Shaman is what it's called, or Rhyme Tusk. I don't know how you pronounce it. But the shamans have a lot of. We said no names, man. We now, said no names. <laughs> we said no names, and now we're already just like, yeah, the, you know, the card in the game, Rim Tusk, Rime Tusk. But yeah, so the shamans kind of have their own place in each tribe, and they're heavily powerful in. Sejuani's tribe because of how disorganized it is. So after Ash comes back, you know, she tries to integrate her into the tribe. It doesn't work out. So Sejuani starts to stage a, cu- a coup, ex- essentially, which, with her regiment of the tribe uh, to take down her mother. Uh, this is after a, I think, I don't know if it was after or before, there's where, her mount that everybody's familiar with. She does a Noxian raid um, to save yeah. that mount. Yeah. Um, it's not to save the mount. She does the Noxian raid when she decides to start her path oh, yeah, towards yeah. the coup. And yeah. then in the process of the raid, which ended up being a success, they freed mm-hmm. and they freed the only named character that we're going to bring up in this podcast. Yeah. She frees a, an infant or either juvenile <laughs> uh, tusk um, or Druvesk. <laughs> <laughs> and but names it bristle yeah. there you go that's you the go. only named character that we've got <laughs> is this tuskvor that gets saved by sejuani and becomes the largest almost the largest recorded yeah. uh, tuskvor ever in sejuani's mount which you know is all over her art that's what she rides yeah in it's a of part Legends. of her skill yeah part of her skill set uh, but yeah, so that leads to, you know, the coup, but the fight against her and her mother never ends up happening because the frost pe- the frost priest step in and end up resulting in the death of her mother. And then this takes us to Sejuani taking over and almost becoming like a land pirate as a war mother. So she becomes, you know, in the fear of being, what do you want to say, in the fear of being the same style of her grandmother and mother where they're just complacent with where they're at she starts to go and pillage and take over these other places to be able to feed and not consume takeovers so like we're talking about just pirate acts she's not trying to bring together tribes she's trying to make sure that hers survives uh by uh feeding on the wealth of others 
And at that point, that's where you have a lot of divergence between her ideals and Ash's ideals. Um, and they, you know, after forming a blood bond or blood oath at one point, it was illegitimate for one. So it doesn't hold up in court. <laughs> <laughs> but she does tell Ash, you know, I didn't know you were so weak and you didn't understand the greatness of your mother. So I'm going to carry on her approach. And Ash is like, well, I don't hate you, but I refuse to do it that way. And I'm changing the game, baby. Uh, Doesn't hold up in Judge Judica's court of <laughs> law. Yeah, like, it was the worst episode I ever watched. Oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that's essentially the, the base story of Shijuani's half of the whole Freljord shenanigans. I, I I do because the land pirate, as dumb as that is, please don't add us with that one. <laughs> um, but it is it is kind of appropriate too because yeah. um, she is she is definitely just raiding and pillaging, and the only followers that she ends up taking on are the ones that are the outcasts to the especially like the Avarosan tribes or yeah. like the Tried Confederation, and. But they're outcasts because of the traditions set by the shamans, which she's already like Sejuani already has a sense of animosity towards because mm -hmm. they disrupted her challenging for the in the right way yeah. to become the war mother. And so then all these, you know, like cast off shamans and outcast to Freljord end up kind of just becoming part of this land pirate war band yeah so let's 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 get into the card we're gonna do a blend of the topic over to fate of the game it's kind of it's melded here because we want to talk about how she's going to affect the meta and the game in general uh because she's essentially a finisher uh but the card is a six cost five six uh with on play oh, it has overwhelm as well and on play uh you give an enemy frostbite and vulnerable this round and to level level her up you need to deal damage to the Nexus in five different rounds in the game. That's a lot to flip her. Um, so she's definitely meant to, you know, be a you know a big body, uh, but also when she does flip, it's supposed to end the game. Uh, the second half of her when she does flip is all the other previous stuff. Uh, and then the first time you see damage, the, or first time you damage the enemy Nexus each round, you frostbite all enemies. So essentially it's a win more, <laughs> right? It's like, hey... I'm hitting you already. I'm able to get damage through and all your stuff is going to die one by one because you can't compete. Everything's going to have zero. Attack. Yeah. Like she, she's going to completely negate trading. Like yeah. if she flips, there is no more trading. Yeah. Like I, I have decided that the, the trading is I, done. I have decided. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like build the wall. There will be no trade. <laughs> And uh, so, it, like, finisher is definitely, like, the, the definition of what she's going to be doing. Yeah. So it's game over. The, the vulnerable thing is interesting, too, because it's essentially a play on challenge, on challenger, mm -hmm. where when you give something vulnerable, anything you attack with can challenge that thing, right? Yeah. Um, rather than having the character have to have challenger to pick the, the yeah. which could be interesting. And, um, I could see, because she's never going to flip, I could see strategies in which she's bounced. <laughs> Right. So you can play it oh, more. Yeah. Um, or like cheap clones of her, so ephemeral clones, where you can clone it for cheaper and then play it for cheaper just so you get the effect. So you can keep controlling the board. Um, or she could just be a win more. I, I don't see I when she flips, unless you're a control deck, like I don't I, I don't think she flips against aggro because you're usually dead by then. Yeah, the vulnerable the vulnerable bit is it's such a cool idea as far as because like it 
against the th- creature that has vulnerable, all of your things have challenger mm. is the gist of it. I just like, they haven't shown us enough of like support with it because as far as with just, obviously it's a very small sample size because yeah. it's just enough to tease us, but th- th- she's the only card that has vulnerable on it so far. Mm. And the, Oh, what? I, I think the name of the card is, um, Laurent, Pro- it's not Laurent protege, but like, it's a, it's one of the Laurent cards yeah. that gives challenger <laughs> when it strikes to not, not oh, when it attacks strikes. with it's off yeah. the play. Like yeah. it's, um, so Laurent duelist. Okay. Um, so uh, off the play, you give an ally challenge. Okay. And nice. the Demacia also has unguard, and this whole vulnerable thing definitely seems more along the lines of, you know, this Demacian uh, setup, mm-hmm. but with Demacia has more support for it and no one played it. Yeah. Like outside of um, the like expeditions and stuff, I've never seen either of those cards played or well outside of my dumb ass decks. Uh, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so I don't, I don't know how I like definitely her effect is powerful, Yeah. but I don't know how much we're actually going to really ha- like, is it going to flip, like, that much of the meta up? I, I don't think it's going to flip it up nearly as much as her flipped ability and people trying to figure out how to get her to actually finish people. Yeah, she's definitely, I think, after looking at it more over this time frame, she's not as insane as everybody first thought um, when she was revealed. But, yeah, so that's Sejuani. Um And, as usual, I have a little surprise for Hatch. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so to wrap up this episode hatch this one's a little nicer we're gonna okay. come up with names for our mounts <laughs> all right okay all right so my mount would probably be like i want an ursine right so i want like a i want like a volo bear i want to ride okay. a volo bear and i want his name i'm, I'm getting some golden compass vibes from i want right i know right i, I want his name to be Kirk. Kirk. Kirk the Ursine. <laughs> so like if he's not behaving, because my whole thing is I like pet names where when you get mad at them, it sounds it. Right? It's like, God damn it, Kirk. Like that, <laughs> that's that's what I aim for when it comes to pet names. Uh, well, you know what? Kirk deserves better. Like, <laughs> I know it's not what you want to hear, but that's the truth. All right. So what's what's your pet? What's your pet, and what's his name? Okay, okay, okay. Like it, well, my brain went directly to something. It, yeah. It's a bit of a stretch. Okay. I need you to go along with me. On this. Okay, okay. I'm on the journey. All right. I want because you know. Bristle is the largest tusk boar that we've yeah. ever seen. I know where this is going. Right? All right, so I want my mount to end up being the largest poro that has ever been recorded. All right, so imagine, imagine heart of the fluffed art, okay? Except a little more facial hair. Yeah. All right, and I'm I, I'm gonna name him Cervantes. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I'm gonna be all like Gandalf you know Cervantes <laughs> we ride alright that's pretty good that's pretty good are Poro sentient like I don't like how how much actualization of their world do they know I'm like, going it- to I'm gonna argue that Poros can't be like that 
like well they're sentient but they're not intelligent yeah sorry because yeah. i mean the like i there's no way they're that intelligent like the first time that poros were ever introduced in league of legends they it was in the aram mode yeah or, or all random all mid mode yeah and they were a summoner spell where you basically chucked them at the <laughs> all right so if anything if anything's gonna act like a snowball, it can't be. That <laughs> there you have it, folks. <laughs> this has been another episode of Casuals of Runeterra. <laughs> As always, thanks for listening, and we'll be back yeah. soon with you know, the next email episode. Us, email us your mount's name. Let, let us know what y'all riding. Oh in yeah, the battle. Let, let, let us know what you're writing about. That's that's, that's a good one. Oh my god, we'll see y'all soon. <laughs>